SatellitePhoneStore.com. The most important thing to do is remember Mac, M-A-C-K, like the good Sheriff Mac, Mac 50, Mac 50 is your code to discounts, uh, benefits, and your satellite phone today. They can ship right away at Sat123.com, Sheriff. Yes, and I, my phone is on its way, and uh, we plan on getting you one also, Sam. Uh, this is probably the epitome of preparedness, being able to communicate uh, no matter wh- what the weather is like, no matter where you are, any po- any place on the planet, Sam, these phones work because they reach up to the satellites and, and not to a tower uh, that is subject to, well, weather. <laughs> so, yeah, because they're uh, twenty, the satellites are twenty-two thousand miles up in the air, Sheriff. Correct. Yeah. So it's in a stratosphere of its own, and so, uh, folks, this is this is really vital when it comes to family preparedness. Uh, and so, uh, get your satellite phones today, and also, Sam. Uh, I would like to remind everybody to become members of the CSPOA Posse. Go to CSPOA.org, become a member today of the greatest organization on the face of the planet that is both a peaceful and effective solution. Having a constitutional sheriff in your county is the solution for America today. We take back America county by county, state by state. One really important thing to know, ladies and gentlemen, some people are calling me and saying, Sam, you know what, there's just, I don't have time to attend the posse meetings once a week, and you know what, I've already got your materials and I'm familiar with you, why should I be a member of the posse? And I think it's a great, fair question to ask, Sheriff, and my response to that is simple. When you do $99 a year and or $11 a month to become a member of the posse, you are literally funding our ability to not only conduct the uh, weekly posses, but to, to do this TV show, to do a lot of the things that we're doing uh, with traveling, uh, for the training when we go to sheriff's offices. You know, I told you it costs five to six grand to train. That just covers the nuts and bolts of some of the things. But what about all the materials and the books and the, and the ability to answer your phone call and the website and the updates that we do and the appearances on other radio talk shows and TV shows and, and all that we do at the CSPOA is literally funded by We the People. So when you're a member of the Posse, understand you are making all that possible. And I don't want to go over for uh, about a commercial on this, But I do want people to know where their money's going, and I do want to know what it accomplishes when you're a member of the posse. If you say, Sam, I haven't talked to you in two months, what are you doing for me? I recommend going to CSPOA.org and keeping tabs on the news section. I recommend watching our TV show on Brighteon TV, and I recommend keep an eye on our travel schedule and what we're doing. Keep an eye on the news stories. Uh, Whenever there's negative news stories written about us, you know we're right over the target and catching flack, Sheriff. That's for sure. Yes, and Sam, uh, I was thinking about our guest today, and I was uh, remembering the first time we met him, St. Charles, Missouri, and he was named uh, CSPOA Constitutional Sheriff of the Year for the entire country, and I I remembered the event, and we had about 40 speakers, and um, I think Shane Krauser was one of them, but I remember, I remember uh, Sheriff Clark's speech, and he held up a pocket constitution. 
and he says, I don't have it memorized. Uh, and, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not necessarily a scholar, but I keep this handy and I keep it with me and I'm able to refer to it, uh, on a daily basis. And I, I I'll never forget how humble he was, uh, in presenting the idea that maybe peace officers should have a pocket constitution with them, uh, 24 seven. And, uh, Amen I never to that. forgot that. And, now the and power Sam, went out it, when he gave his speech, Sheriff, as well, and he stood up on a, a almost on a soapbox because <laughs> there was a, there was like a, a tornado warning, and the power went out, and so he gets up on this box and he's like, "Hey, I'm not really a constitutional scholar." By the way, that's the only part of his speech I disagreed with when he says he's not a constitutional scholar. Other than that, David Clark Jr., welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thanks a lot. It's good to be on with you. Oh, there's so much going on, ladies and gentlemen. Sheriff Clark has his finger in a lot of things. He's president of America's Sheriff LLC. He's president of Rise Up Wisconsin. Uh, he's a well-known author. He's a sought-after speaker. He's the host of an incredible podcast called Straight Talk with America's Sheriff David Clark. And best of all, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is working on the True Blue streaming service. AmericasSheriff.com is where you can learn more. Uh, Sheriff Clark, I wanted to start with this incredible thing that I've learned about. I discovered it. I was getting ready to interview the people regarding it, which I've got an interview set up with them, but I found out you were the core of how they got involved in the first place. And so I wanted to get you on to talk about election fraud uh, is real. It exists and we've got to do something about it, right? Exactly. It is real. It does exist. The, the left, the people who do not like this country, are trying to bastardize our election systems. And once they get control of that, it's all over. It's, it's, it's Katie bar the door. Uh, there's a lot wrong with our election process in the United States of America. Our voter rolls are not clean. They're susceptible to fraud. They're susceptible to corruption. There's no doubt in my mind, we saw that in the 2020 election there are mountains of evidence uh, to suggest that. And, and at the very least, there's a lot of irregularities. But the thing is that the, the voter rolls, the voting system, the election system is susceptible to fraud and people are taking advantage of it. And so if we don't point this out and if we don't clean these voter rolls out, look, I'm, I, you, Sheriff Mack, we're being disenfranchised when our vote is canceled out by people who should not be voting. We're talking about ghost ballots for heaven's sakes. That's the problem in the United States. It's not the counting. We focus too much on uh, counting the ballots after uh, election night. We got to make sure that those ballots are even legal. Otherwise it shouldn't be counted. Well, amen to that, Sheriff voter. Clark. And, and the, the other thing too is the national media is pounding and pounding and pounding the brainwashing and the propaganda scam that there is no evidence of voter fraud in America. You just said, and Sam and I have both said the same thing, that there are mountains of evidence. And indeed there is. Uh, uh, can you give us example one, example of election fraud in America? Yeah, kind of did already. They're called ghost ballots. And what a ghost ballot is, see, the voter roll, and I don't want to get too much into the weeds 
to to confuse your 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 listeners and your viewers. But when you have a voter roll, uh, everybody who's on that roll has to be legally able to vote. The problem is they won't clean these rolls up. Dead people, people who no longer live in that state, people who are no longer qualified to uh, vote in, in U.S. elections are left on the roll. And they, they do this thing where they, you know, the, whoever's running the elections in these states, Wisconsin, it's Wisconsin Election Commission. Okay, so put a little notation that this person uh, doesn't live here anymore, so on and so forth. But when it comes time to ask for ballots, and we had this pandemic that went on, so-called pandemic anyway, and that allowed for mass mail-in voting, first time in the history of our republic. And so they mailed a ballot to every person on the voter roll, whether they were dead, whether they were no longer lived in the state, whether they hadn't voted in the last 10, 15 years. Those people should be removed from the, the, the voter roll, but they're not. That's why the, the cheaters are able to print up ballots and then go to that list, find those people who won't be showing up on election day or won't be mailing back a ballot, they fill it out and then they send it in. They do what's called ballot harvesting, where they'll have somebody collect a thousand of these things that are out there and drop them in a, a ballot box somewhere that, that's unmonitored. Nobody's watching it. And that's how you end up with all these mysterious ballots on election night. And that is what a, a, a ghost ballot is. So what's, okay. what has to happen, I mean, they're not going to clean the voter rolls up fine. I mean, I, I'm not saying fine. It's okay. I mean, that, that's probably an impossible task, but instead of worrying about counting and monitoring the count at, at election central, those ballots need to be examined. You need to have somebody from both parties, one Democrat, one Republican official looks at the ballot, then looks at the voter list and says, Hey, John Smith here living at this address is dead and he's been dead. Or you look and you look at the address because it has to be a legal address. And when you look and it's marked with a P.O. box, this is actual stuff that's happened by the, the people, Jay Valentine, who's examined this stuff. You know, well, it, it's it's well past the election, but it exists. And so you look and there's a P.O. box that is not a valid address and that ballot should not be counted. You look and you see the address is a single family home, but 25 people sent in a ballot with that address. That's an irregularity that needs to be investigated, but it's not. It's just counted anyway. So I could go on and on for the whole show talking about the irregularities and the ample, the mountains of evidence. But you know what? It just falls on deaf ears, and including with our courts. But I'll tell you what's not falling on deaf ears is what David Clark brought to fruition, ladies and gentlemen. There is an IT company called fractalweb.app or fractalweb.app. Fractal is F-R-A-C-T-A-L, fractalweb.app. And Fractal uh, has an incredible new, it's like Web 4.0 technology, if you will. And this technology is an incredible database that is wicked fast. And what they're able to do now is gather information from all kinds of places. The voter rolls. 
uh, using all kinds of other comparative data, such as um, information from the counties, etc. And they're able to put all this information into their massive new wicked fast database, and they're able to find voter roll problems and fix them. And so rather than focusing so much on, hey, they've defrauded us, everybody already knows that, except for the government and the media who won't admit it. Uh, but how do we solve the problem? David Clark, how did you find these guys? How did you come to them and get them on the project? Because this is huge when it comes to solutions, sir. Yeah, well, after the 2020 election, I was involved in Wisconsin anyway with uh, the election steal, if you will. And we were holding rallies. We were holding protests over the irregularities of the 2020 election. And this Jay Valentine had kind of seen me um, doing some interviews on TV and the like. And he got a hold of me and he explained who he was. And, and I, let, me, let me take just 30 seconds to explain who Jay Valentine and this fractal technology is. They started with investigating insurance fraud. So they're insurance fraud experts and they developed, developed this technology to cross-reference all of this data, all this information coming in on insurance claims and you're able to find red flags. That in and of itself doesn't mean there's fraud, but it, it requires further investigation. That's where the fraud is uncovered. So he felt he could do this with voter information. And one of the biggest things uh, that he's doing because he's done this using the actual voter information from 2020, comparing with property tax records, for heaven's sakes. That's simple. Every city has property tax rolls. You put that information in. That's how you can find out that a guy or a woman, whatever, is voting from a vacant lot when you cross-reference it with the property tax rolls. And a property tax says roll says that's a vacant lot. Or it says it's a single-family home. And you're finding ballots where 25 people um, applied for and sent their ballot back from a, a single family home that, that has, you know, 25 different people living there, which is in and of itself. Could that be? Yeah. You know, I guess you, you could find a place where 25 people are living there, but it's highly unlikely. So what we're not doing in Wisconsin and other states, we're not cross-referencing all of this rich information that we have on people to find out people, places, and things to figure out if that's a legal ballot, because if it's not a legal ballot, I'm being disenfranchised. That's right. Well, uh, so you've also heard recently where a judge in uh, New Jersey nullified the election because he found the judge found that uh, there was election fraud going on. Uh, you're very familiar with that case, are you not? Somewhat. I mean, I got my hands full with what's going on here in Wisconsin. But, you know, as it relates to nullifying an election, that's very rare. And that should really only right. be done in the most extreme of cases. I, I think it's, it's easier to just get rid of the ballots that don't count. You don't need to nullify the whole election. I'm not saying you shouldn't have done that. But that's not right. necessary if you take advantage of the technology and the wealth of information that's available on the voter logs, and you use that, you get those, what, however many, I'll just use a round number, you get those thousand ballots out of, out of there and just count the rest. Well, you mentioned that the judges, the courts, don't seem to be too sympathetic with any of the evidence that has been produced the last two or three years, uh, even the United States Supreme Court. 
what is the problem there? Is is it that the courts are just too corrupt or too controlled or what? What? Why is that the case? And when it comes to that, I don't think the courts are corrupt at all. Look, they don't see this as their purview. This is a legislative, and it's by the Constitution, all right? It's the states that control their elections. Federal government has a role, but the judges would rather not step into this 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 um, cesspool and get dragged into it and then be accused of, you know, favoring one party over another. What their attitude is, is let the legislatures, let the Congress sort this out. That's why they don't want to get their hands dirty with this stuff. I can't hardly blame them. I mean, there's times where they should, but they don't want to be the bad guy in all this. This is because the state legislatures and the Congress won't fix this damn thing so that this stuff, it's harder for it to happen. And the courts are saying, this is not our job, it's your job. And, you know, they, they got a good argument there. It is the job of the well, legislature. They do. And to prove the point further, Congress, uh, you know, forget January 6th for a second. Um, they had an obligation to investigate, and they literally refused to do so. They used January 6th as the excuse. They ignored all those who were demanding an investigation. There were many of them, by the way. And they simply didn't do their due diligence even at the general level, Sheriff Clark. Yeah, well, the bottom line is, you know, com- coming into 2024, you're going to see a lot of this happen again because the Democrats, let's be honest, it's the Democrats. They've perfected it. They've perfected election fraud. Um, yes. They don't even hide it anymore. They just deny, you know, they call us election deniers. They call us all these names, um, <laughs> conspiracy theorists. I don't care what people call me. I want clean, fair, and honest elections in this country. Otherwise, gentlemen, we don't have a republic. Amen. And by the way, who can criticize wanting open, fair, transparent, honest elections? By the way, Judicial Watch, back in 2020, uh, uh, Tuesday, October 20, 2020, uh, Judicial Watch released this press release to make the point uh, that Sheriff Clark is making about ghost ballots. Judicial Watch finds 1.8 million ghost voters in 29 states, and they warn of, quote, dirty elections. So, um, you know, if, if you've got <laughs> Washington Times reporting on that in 2020, just think of what we've discovered since. But the good news is when we identify problems in the voter rolls using fractal technology or fractalweb.app, these people aren't here to pick sides, Republican or Democrat. They're here to simply say, look, we can partner with your state, your county, your voter roll, We can run it through our information, catch the problems. Let's transparently fix them. Let's get rid of Eric so there's no transparency. Let's have our roles be transparent, and and we can solve this thing. We don't need even to take on the political discussion. We just simply need to say, look, facts are here. There are errors. Let's correct them, David Clark. And that's really what you brought the fractal technology to the table to do. And I think that's one of the great answers because who can argue with saying, look, we can run this database, prove there's errors, and fix them. Isn't that really the key to the exercise? Uh, it's maybe not the whole solution to election integrity issues, but it's certainly the start that everybody should agree on, right? Sure. We want to keep this simple uh, for people because it is kind of simple. It's the people who are doing the fraud that want to complicate it and confuse people. And, and you know, that's why I said we don't need to get too deep in the weeds because that's what that does. But that's what the Democrats like to do is confuse people. So, uh, again, with, with early voting taking place, that has kind of changed things. And that's kind of a recent phenomena. 
I mean, there's always been absentee voting, but states have changed their laws, which they're allowed to do. You used to have to have a valid reason for an absentee ballot. So in other words, if you're going to be traveling, you had to show an itinerary or something. But now all you got to do is request one. And with what happened in 2020, they did a mass mailing of everybody on the voter rolls got a ballot, whether they wanted one or not, whether they've even ever voted. There's people on the voter who registered who just plain and simply don't vote. If you've not voted in the last three, four elections, your name needs to be removed. You can vote later on. You'll just have to re-register. So we're not denying anybody the right to vote. That's what the left calls it. You say we're denying people the right. No, you do like everybody else has to do. You re-register, and it's a simple process. You show up on Election Day with a utility bill showing you live at a certain address. It's that simple. Look, we're not trying to make voting impossible. We're trying to clean it up. And until we do... You know what? People aren't going to have any faith in the system. And here's another thing. Elections on, on for president comes down to about seven swing states. That's about it. The other states really don't play a role because those things are locked into either, you know, Democrat or Republican control. So you're talking Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and now maybe Georgia. Uh, one point, whatever you mentioned, million votes can swing an election. Donald Trump lost Wisconsin by about 18,000 votes out of uh, two and a half million cast. He lost Michigan by about 30,000 votes. He lost Pennsylvania by like 40,000. He lost Arizona by like 12,000. So just a vote here or there, which is why you need to focus on the ballots and, and, and not the count. They can swing these elections, and that's what's happening here. The Democrats have perfected this in these key states. And you know what? A lot of people just, when they see this stuff going on, this is another thing is they just go, why should I bother voting? It's all corrupt anyway, and they won't participate. So that hurts as well. Right. Well, Sheriff Clark, when uh, don't you believe that early voting, though, lends itself to cheating? Or is there a way to do that and and be accurate. Yeah, there's a way. Look, you know, the, the Constitution's clear. The legislature set the rules uh, on voting, and they're all different. Every state's different. We don't need anything consistent. It's within the Constitution. So if you're going to allow for more early voting, you have more time to make sure that those ballots coming in are valid and that they're legal, and they're not taking advantage of that. All right, they're just counting them on election night. Uh, or the next day, you know, you, you hear this, well, we're not sure yet because, and, and forget about ever knowing who's going to win a presidential election that night, like, you know, you and I were uh, used to growing up. We knew that night before we went to bed who the next president was going to be. Now it's weeks, it's been months uh, in some of these states to determine what the challenges that go on. So as long as you're going to do early voting, you have the opportunity through this fractal technology to run that ballot through cross-reference it with all this information to find out, yeah, this is a lawful, legally casted ballot, and then count that one. The other ones, no good. Toss them. That makes sense. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, now let, let's wax a little bit political. Uh, it's common knowledge that you have worked closely with uh, former President Donald Trump. Are you still working with him and are you still supporting him politically? And, and uh, wh where does that stand? 
Yeah, I'm supporting him 100%. Uh, I don't have a direct active role right now. Look, I, I do what, what people ask me to do. I don't volunteer myself. I don't pester people. I say, hey, if you need me, call me. So I'm sure there'll be a role for me like there was in, in 2016 and 2020. Uh, so we'll see. But again, you know, I just want what's best for this country. I think he's the right person once again, like he was in 2016. The world is on fire. This country's upside down. It's going to take strong leadership, the kind that he's already exhibited. He already comes tested. We already know what we're going to get. Unlike these other people running, we don't really know. it. They're, they're, they're probably good people, but we don't know what we're going to get. I want to prove, I want proven leadership to settle this damn country down, to put the fires out around the world and kind of give people a chance, um, you know, to live a decent life, a peaceful life, one that's not so anxiety filled like people are feeling right now. And so I think that person is Donald Trump. Is he the only one? No, but I'll tell you what, he's the only tested one. Well, another thing uh, that I wanted, I've always wanted to ask you, um, I thought that President Trump made a mistake uh, while serving as president. And I'll tell you why. One of them is, is that he interviewed you for, I believe, Director of Homeland Security. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't pick you. Uh, and, and it's not just you, but I believe that if he were to really drain the swamp, he's got to pick people like Ron Paul, Sheriff Clark, uh, and, and other staunch constitutional conservatives, uh, instead of pick, picking people like William Barr and other people who are from the swamp. Uh, what do you say to that? I, I think he picked far too many people from the swamp. If you're going to drain the swamp, don't pick people from the swamp. Well, what do you say to that? Well, yeah, I mean, let me kind of sort through that a little bit. A lot of this, when you become okay. president of the United States, it's trial by error. Uh, he had never served uh, in any capacity in, in government as an elected official. So you come in, especially Washington, D.C., steeped with all these swamp creatures, and you got to be yes. able to sort it. You have to trust people. When you come there, right, you, you know, people say, hey, look at this person over here for this. Look at this person over there for that. You have to trust them because you don't know all these. He didn't like unlike Joe Biden, he didn't spend a half a century in Washington, D.C. He didn't know all of these people. So sometimes it's trial and error. Uh, I would agree on but some he, of that. But but he again, knew you. He knew you. Well, there's a couple things, though. Um, you're right. I did interview uh, he said, we're going to find a role for you somewhere in this administration. I need you here. And I just said, hey, I wasn't yeah. looking for a job, gentlemen. I, and I told him, I said, I'm not looking for a job. If you need me to serve, I'll serve. When the president calls and asks you to serve, you serve. So they found a different capacity, right. which actually worked out better. But the thing is, you got to be able to get these people through a Senate confirmation. And I've pissed a lot of people <laughs> off in Washington, D.C., yeah. including some Republicans. Because I don't play that party line, you know, well, he's a Republican, I won't say anything bad. If I think they need criticism, they're going to get it. And so one of the things right. the president has to consider, not just with me, with any selection, can I get him through the Senate confirmation process? Because if you can't, it doesn't make any difference because you're not going to get confirmed anyway. It's part of our Constitution advising consent. And so that was one of the considerations. And so they found another area that he could appoint me to 
and get by Senate confirmation, which would have been a assistant to the Secretary of Homeland Security at the time it was John Kelly, but that didn't work out either. Look, I didn't trust John Kelly. I thought he was a snake, and it turned out that he was. Uh, he was an open mm-hmm. border supporter. He was an Obama holdover or leftover, I should say. And so I don't think that would have worked. But they found another role for me as a surrogate in their super PAC, America First. And I was, you know, unencumbered by, you know, I didn't have to worry about uh, people attacking me and then coming to the president and saying, hey, you got to get rid of this guy and so on and so forth. Life works out. It usually does um, in ways that are better that we don't often see at the beginning. So going in, as a matter of fact, the president called me one morning after uh, I accepted the position of the surrogate for America First, the super PAC, Trump super PAC. And he said, that's probably a better decision, David. He always called me David. He said, uh, you don't want to come in here. This place is a mess, meaning the administration and me in Washington, D.C. So it worked out, uh, you know, in my but favor. But that's, yeah, that, to me, that's exactly where we needed you. And and I would have I would have loved to have seen you take over the FBI. All they do with the FBI is change the name on the door. It's always some insider, some career FBI agent that has been there forever and that uh, is more loyal to the organization than they are to the American people. And something needs to happen where there's a different director of the FBI. And me, I'm all for getting uh, the, the FBI abolished, but then we'd still need to that gap with something. But I, I just don't believe that uh, the presidents have been picking the right people in some of those cabinet positions and especially director of the FBI. Yeah, Amen to that. You know, he, he, Amen he to knows that. Sheriff Clark might be, be, better might be in the second Trump administration, though. What do you say to that, Sheriff Clark? I think there's going to be a second Trump administration. Well, like I said, you know, I try not to make this about me. President will have a, a lot of people, and a lot of things to sift through. Like I said, if he calls, I will answer the call. Uh, I got to watch the clock. I have a doctor's appointment coming up, but um, you know, we'll see. Take take this one day at a time. We're still a long ways from November. A lot will happen. A year ago, no one would have predict, predicted that the Middle East would be on fire. And that's why I caution people: let's just take this one day at a time, and uh, we'll see how this goes as we move into November of 2024. Do you think fractal web uh, is one of the great keys, though, to get a start on uh, election honesty and integrity? I think that really needs to be that story needs to be told all across the country, Sheriff. Sure, but they need to adopt the states. We're talking about the seven states need to adopt it, and if the legislatures won't adopt it, they're not going to make any difference that the information or, or the technology exists to clean up elections. It had, you mentioned Eric, and we're, we're getting way in the weeds. We started getting into Eric, which stands for the Electronic uh, Records Information System. Uh, we got to get rid of that, get these states. A lot of states have bailed on it, including Texas. I think Iowa or Indiana bailed on it. There's about five states left that are involved in it. They all need to get out of it and replace it with something like fractal technology. We can easily clean these voter rolls up, but there's no will on the part of legislators. Democrats and Republicans to do anything about it. That's the sad part. Well, Sheriff Clark, we want to thank you for bringing this technology forward and tying the, you know, getting Jay and the crew over at Fractal together to work on this. This is one of the solutions, and that's why we thought we'd bring it to the table. Thanks so much. We'll have you back soon, sir. My pleasure. You guys be well. 
There he goes, Thank David you, Clark Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Sheriff Mack and Joe Arpaio used to have this fr- friendly, funny kind of debate about, you know, who's the, the top dog sheriff or whatever. And it was kind of funny. The it was sheriff in America. That's right. And they had that. Now the question is America's sheriff. Who is America's sheriff? AmericasSheriff.com is Sheriff David A. Clark Jr. Uh, but you would probably be America's constitutional sheriff, Sheriff Mack. Yes, uh, and and I think that's a, a, an appropriate uh, title for Sheriff Clark. Uh, he, Amen. Well, first of all, we didn't give a, we didn't give very much of his background. He was in law enforcement for about thirty seven years. Forty years, and yeah. He thirty four years. Four zero. Oh, 40. Okay, yeah. Okay, I was close. And and the thing of it is, <clears throat> he was uh, a very creative. Uh, and courageous sheriff of Milwaukee County uh, in Wisconsin. And and he even fought with the chief of police of Milwaukee Police Department and, and said, uh, why are you supporting gun control? And Clark asked that to the chief of police there. And Sheriff Clark was supporting the citizens being trained and being armed and being ready to defend themselves against the criminal element of Milwaukee. And for some idiotic reason, the chief of police there and many others were saying, no, we need to get rid of guns. And and so he said, well, how would people defend themselves from the criminal element that's being uh, in, increased so much here in our city? And it turned out that Sheriff Clark was correct and people started defending themselves and crime started going down. And th- this was an amazing, courageous man. He was honored by the NRA, uh, in Law Enforcement Officer of the Year. He was honored by the CSPOA. And Sam, that was one like our third meeting. And it was a, also a, a very um, amazing meeting because that's also when we did uh, Deputy Stan Lennick, Deputy Sheriff of the Decade, and Sheriff Clark, the Sheriff of the Year, uh, Constitutional Sheriff of the Year. And then we had, as you mentioned earlier, we had the tornado uh, near St. Louis that <laughs> shut the meeting down. And uh, it was, that, that was a hoop because what did we do? Sheriff Clark and I just kept the meeting going in the tornado shelter. And oh yeah, we're I stood literally up on in this, the we're literally in this brick hallway kind of a place that's like super secure, yes. no windows, no nothing. It's dark. There's only like um, what do they call them? Illuminary floodlights for exit, kind of on, and nothing else is on. It's dark. Yes. Sheriff Clark stands up on this chair that we gave him, and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to go ahead and give my speech anyway. Thank you for having me. I got my constitution right here. I've got your backs. Thank you for having my back. It was a great." It was a great meeting. But, Sheriff, before the end of the hour, I want to move to something to drive this election fraud issue home. You know, we need to clean up the voter rolls and the voter ballots. We also need to clean up the donations uh, that go on, too. James O'Keefe just put out a video. It's entitled, Did You Donate 8,000 Times? (laughs) And he goes to someone's door, and the poor lady's like, what? Of course not. Are you kidding me? Anyway, uh, here it is. We can't play it all because it's long, but here's the start of this. I want you to watch it, and then I want your comments. Here it is. Did you donate 8,000 times? 
even if it were true, why is that an issue? Well, it doesn't seem possible that you donated that many times. You're right, you're right. It doesn't, so that's actually disturbing. We're investigative reporters. We're just trying to figure out there's some fraud happening. You're, this is your name on the FEC website. I can't imagine that I did that. that that's like impossible. That's impossible. It's impossible. Look, my name is James O'Keefe. Have you heard of that before? Yes, I have. You've heard of James O'Keefe? Yes, wait. <laughs> James O'Keefe. Come in. I want to come in. Yeah, I'd come in, yeah. There's this data that we looked at from this man in Wisconsin who compiled all the FEC data, and your name in New Jersey was the top one. You remember our Act Blue story from March about tons of mysterious cash being funneled into Democratic campaigns by unwitting donors? Well, we just learned that the Republican counterpart to Act Blue, Win Red, is apparently in on it too. Data we obtained from the Federal Election Commission seems to suggest that countless unwitting campaign donors are giving huge amounts of money to various candidates, but they're doing it in thousands of small transactions spread throughout the year. But what exactly are they hiding? We decided to pay a visit to the most active political donor in the state of New Jersey, according to Federal Election Commission data, to try to figure out what's going on. This retired education administrator told me she gives a few bucks here and there to win red a couple of times a month. There's this data that we looked at from this man in Wisconsin who compiled all the FEC data, and your name in New Jersey was the top one. Listen to this. The FEC says Alexandra Gina gave $75,000 last year, donating a total of 10,355 times. They say in 2021 she gave 61000 to candidates in 5,700 separate donations. So far this year, the FEC says Gina has given $16,798 in 2,486 separate donations. What does the FEC say she's donated in the past three years? Just over $154,000. But Gina denies this. How many times do you think you've donated? Is it 100 times? Is it 20 times? Is it I mean, just or order of magnitude? Did you donate 30 times in two days? I, I don't know. I don't think okay. so. It gets weirder. On May 21st of this year, FEC data seemed to indicate that Ms. Gina apparently gave three separate Republican causes a donation of five cents apiece. Those are small. In terms of the number of donations, yes, they are separate, but they're part of one solicitation. Mm -hmm. We reached out to a number of people and didn't get many answers. We tried WinRed, we tried the head of WinRed, we tried the FEC in Washington, but neither would explain these discrepancies or where the money is actually coming from. In fact, no one really wanted to talk about it at all. It sounds like WinRed and Act Blue are attributing thousands of dollars in contributions to unwitting donors and funneling them to political campaigns and multiple micro donations spread throughout the year. Alexandra Gina, who seems to be a victim of the scheme, calls this mind-boggling. But it is disturbing because it's, it's mind-boggling that it should be that much. Maybe that's why they call it dark money. Winred and Act Blue are both political action committees, and they raise money for candidates and their respective parties through online donations. They're now the biggest sources of funding for any campaign by far, processing most of the contributions from individual donors in each election cycle. The FEC does place limits on the amount an individual can donate to a campaign. It's 5000 a year for a single candidate. But there are no limits to what a person can donate to so-called super PACs. A super PAC acts just like a regular PAC, but it operates completely independently from the campaign. They can raise unlimited cash, but they can't coordinate with the campaign or candidate. So is that what's happening? 
Or is it something more sinister, a way to inject foreign dollars into our elections without anybody noticing? Well, with the help of Peter Bernager in Wisconsin, that citizen journalist who led us on the trail of Act Blue, we noticed. There's some dark things happening in this country. We don't know what's going on, so we're trying to figure it out. We have to say both sides might be hiding this dark money, but Democrats do seem to be disproportionately benefiting from the data we reviewed on the FEC website. Everyone talks about George Soros, but I bet you didn't know that Swiss billionaire Hansorg Wise has been pumping hundreds of millions of dollars in this dark money into American elections for years. There's a Swiss billionaire named Hans-Jörg Wies who has been giving hundreds of millions of dollars uh, into these new 501c4 entities that were made possible by the Citizens United decision. He's been contributing like hundreds of millions of dollars to democratic and progressive causes. His own sister wrote a biography and then said in the biography that he specifically wants to remake the, the American Constitution into something that specifically pushes progressive value. We've been following this story for more than a year and our reporting has led to calls for investigations by Marco Rubio. We did the Act Blue story, among other developments. You can count on my team and myself at OMG to keep looking and digging for answers. Everybody needs to be held accountable for to make sure that we're keeping foreign money out of elections and we're not having you know mass fraud occur online to influence elections. The story matters to a lot of people. A lot of you have told us this is our biggest and most important reporting yet. And it's not over. You can actually help us report this story. The FEC has a database. You can see it right here. You can go on FEC.gov and you can search for your own individual contributions on file or in your state. Maybe you can knock on some doors, ask these citizens if they've done this, ask to review their bank statements, if, see if those citizens will show you their bank statements. Give it a look. And if you see any irregularities, let us know. Tweet at us, DM us, upload the footage to O'KeefeMediaGroup.com. As of the date of this recording, we have yet to hear back from the head of ActBlue and WinRed. We will update you the moment we get answers. This is a developing story. We need your help getting answers on all these discrepancies. Maybe one of the biggest stories of the election. Stay tuned. Almost everyone I meet with tells me they're interested in swiping and doing this sort of journalism. And many of you say you would be good at it. Well, now is your chance to do something about it and put skin in the game. We're hosting a training webinar on Thursday, November 2nd at 7 p.m. where we'll go over the technology, the laws, and the undercover techniques of being an American swiper for OMG. Sign up in order to be equipped and empowered to go get stories there you that have can it. be you featured. Can that. Thank you very much. Uh, there you have it, Sheriff Mack. What do you say to that? Because, listen, we're getting more and more and more evidence of fraud beyond debate every day. What is the media going to say about a lady like that that's like, um, First off, I don't have that kind of money to donate like that. Secondly, there's no way she could donate 8,000, 16,000 times in a year. It's not even possible to get on the Internet and do those kind of donations. Your debit card or your credit card would be stopped. That would say, wait a minute, there's fraud going on here or something. Okay, it, it isn't even possible, and she flat out admits it. Um, this is hard proof that something strange is going on. What do they mean we say they have no evidence? Well, the first thing you have to wonder, Sam, is what is the Federal Election Commission, FEC, what are they doing about it? They're, they're supposed to be investigating and preventing those types of things. What are they they're doing? Attacking, they're attacking you and me, claiming that we lie about election fraud. That's what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. So, Sam, this this is 
this is so bizarre that that, that they're not following up with eight thousand different times that one person is supposedly donating. First of all, it doesn't appear that this lady is the one putting up the money. So you already know that there's donation fraud because there's no way she could be paying that kind of money, 150000 out of her own uh, bank account. So obviously she is letting everyone know that this is fraud. Who yes, is doing is. something about Who's doing something about it? Answer, Catherine Engelbrecht, True the Vote, David Clark, Sam Bushman, Richard Mack. We, the people, are absolutely doing this. And I really wanted to highlight this today with David Clark Jr. Uh, and with James O'Keefe because these are two behind-the-scenes things that we've been working on in partnership uh, with these people, and nobody knows about it. Uh, you know what? We're helping with this uh, fractal technology. I'm going to be interviewing Jay, who's the one that developed uh, uh, him and his team developed this technology. I'll interview him on, on the radio this Thursday. Um, David Clark Jr. is the one that connected those people to start this investigations on voter rolls. Uh, James O'Keefe working on this, and we wanted to bring that to the table because he's looking for like-minded journalists. Go to the database. Find out how much you donated. Huh, whether you know it or not. Maybe you didn't, maybe you did, but if enough Americans get involved in this huge, massive vetting project, then the goal is to work with O'Keefe Media Group and call a halt to the con game with so many facts they can't deny it anymore. That's where we're going with this, Sheriff Mack. We're about at a wrap, but your final comment. Well, Sam, it's every day there's something else with voter fraud that shows that the national media is a bunch of liars. There is election fraud. There has been election fraud. And as Sheriff Clark pointed out, the ghost ballots, uh, the harvest, harvested ballots, uh, and it goes on and on and on. Sam, there is, there are mountains of evidence out there and we need, we need people to go to their sheriffs and ask for investigations. We also need people to join the posse at CSPOA.org. Remember, when you join the posse, that's how we get the funding to do our incredible work. How do we get David Clark on the TV and how do we promote all this? It's with your funding and support. Become a member of the posse today. CSPOA.org for Sam Bushman, Sheriff Clark, Sheriff Mack. God save the republic. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be. They would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. 
Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff going on. Look, we have not given up on this election fraud issue at the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Not one bit. You say, well, Sam Hackam, it's been so silent. Um, really, because we've been working behind the scenes with a bunch of people. James O'Keefe doing a great job. We played that video in the video uh, on, on the Brideon portion of this broadcast. Uh, look, James O'Keefe getting it done. Why? Did you vote 8,000 plus times? Or did you uh, f- donate 8,000 plus times? Okay, we've got phantom voters. Even, ladies and gentlemen, even Judicial Watch finds 8 or 1.8 million ghost voters. This is back in 2020. How do they say there's no election fraud when the Washington Times says we found 1.8 million ghost voters? Sheriff, this is what I mean. How does the mainstream press continue to lie and say there's no evidence? But the Washington Post reports, that's a credible service, isn't it? That Judicial Watch, a very well-known organization, found 1.8 million ghost votes in 29 states. You think this is just a an isolated incident? And then now you find out James O'Keefe going to people that donate 8,000 times? <laughs> How does that work? That is so phenomenal. Uh, and uh, like the lady said, mind-boggling. Uh, I thought she was really calm about it. I, I, I thought that she might be a little bit more upset. But the thing of it is, it doesn't appear to be her money, so she's not as upset as most of us would be because they're funneling money somehow through her. And uh, it, it's... Uh, well, through her, uh, it, and then the question becomes, and how many others is the real question, right? Well, yeah, and uh, I'd like to find out if uh, my name's on there because I've donated a couple of times to some federal elections. Well, James O'Keefe showed you how. You can go to that database. You can put your name in. You can find out what you have or haven't done. Uh, And my response is this. How come the credit cards didn't get stopped? In other words, if people are donating 8,000 times in the same person's name, Right. How does it not get stopped credit card-wise, Sheriff? I don't care what on the planet you were doing. If you don't have, uh, for example, was it the same credit card that did it over and over in somebody else's name? Was it a debit card that was just like a phantom card? I mean, tracing the money on this should be fairly easy if it was done online, right? Well, that's that's the the mind-boggling thing about this. The paper trail is obviously there. So... It had to have been some form of credit card 
either debit or credit. And whose was it? And how, if it was in her name, how did they funnel money to that account? Well, and how do they say it's in her name, but yet the credit card is in somebody else's name? Look, you've got to put your name. You've got to put your address. You've got to put a CCV code. You've got to put an expiration date. How many cards were used is the next question. And whose were they? And if it was only one card used, or in other words, how many sources of funds do we have? If she donated 8,000 times, did she use her name 8,000 times and the same card 8,000 times? I mean, this should be absolutely, my bank is able to stop this stuff real time. Okay, this isn't well, rocket course. science that's, to be able to deal with that's this. That's the point. But for some reason, it seems so elusive, nobody can get to the bottom of it. See, and, and that's the part that I don't buy. Amen. Uh, somebody, somebody has to be uh, helping with this. Somebody has to be uh, making this fraud uh, so common. This is happening. Uh, and doable, though. Not to get stopped. I mean, you, you, in other words, you have to pull all the exactly. levers of protection out of the way for this to even happen, is my point. Yeah, and, and so that's what I'm most curious about. Why isn't anybody minding the store here? Uh, and the, the FEC, first of all, uh, it looks like the FEC now uh, needs to be abolished. <laughs> they obviously can't do a simple well, job like this. Either they can't do the simple job or they're part of the problem. Just like the FBI, it's not that they're not even doing a good job. It's that they're doing a hostile to the American people job. They're doing the opposite, right? Right, right, exactly. But I still want to know, before I come to a conclusion on that, I want to know what they're doing. And you know what? I think sheriffs should be investigating this. I, I really do. The yeah, ladies, because if, if the, a voter the, in their county uh, puts a, yeah. a a bunch of donations that are fraudulent, it's their county. That's where the individual resided. That's where the crime was committed. Even if it was online, it was done with a computer or technology, supposedly locally, or maybe not. Right? Yeah, because I I don't trust I don't trust the federal government to investigate this. They're part of the problem. Yeah, they'll go ahead and investigate themselves and tell you it's all good, no problems there. Ladies and gentlemen, what an incredible hour. We are not letting the election integrity issue go by one iota. Let's be very, very clear on that reality check. We've got gun control to deal with, the right to keep and bear arms. We're dealing with that. Every time you join the posse, you help us fund our incredible work. And trust you me, it's happening. CSPOA.org. Become a posse member today. Oh, the posse cranks up in a couple of hours. Join us, would you please? We're also going to start some monthly webinars to spread the word even further. we got a lot going on and need your funding and support. CSPOA.org. For Dr. Or I'm sorry, for Sheriff David Clark Jr., for Sheriff Richard Mack, and yours truly, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for November fourteenth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-three. This is our two of two. 
the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio, we use the checks and balances in the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, as our guide. We reject revolution, unless, of course, it's the Jesus revolution. We actually stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And, you know, the world's been blowing up as more and more people do not trust the media. And as more and more people believe that the Republicans and Democrats are just an absolute uniparty sham. That's really the bottom line. And people are so sick of it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and it was really kind of underground because all of us would speak out about it. But they just said, oh, you guys are nobodies. And, and, and they mocked us and laughed at us. But you know what? Ron Paul got on the campaign stage decades ago now. Uh, and said, you know what, guys, we got to really have accountability for this. The foreign wars are bogus. Get out of them. We got to, we got to, we got to. And everybody laughed at Ron. And then Ron proved to Glenn Beck that he was right about needing to shut down the IRS. And Glenn finally agreed. Uh, and then, you know, all kinds of people tried to attack Ron Paul and lost the debates and the discussions. Well, that's gone on. And then you had Donald Trump blow up the media. Well, alongside, I've been telling people about this as long as anybody, long as both of them. Um, not, I guess not counting Ron Paul. He's been alive longer than I have. But all I'm telling you is I've been giving presentations. He who owns the media makes the rules. The new media takes center stage, highlighting that even Rush Limbaugh was a water boy for the Republican Party. Anyway, the bottom line is our founding fathers warned us against parties, said it would be the destruction of America. Well, now you see a bold man on the campaign stage that really, in my opinion, encapsulates this right on the debate stage. This is coming to a head, and there's no denying it, ladies and gentlemen. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy to make the point. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you and frankly look the people there are cheering for losing in the republican party think about who's moderating this debate this should be tucker carlson joe rogan and elon musk we'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that gop primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party you think the democrats and we've got christian welker here you think the democrats would actually hire greg gutfeld to host a democratic debate they wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross, this is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? They just, ladies and gentlemen, they just can't take it. They don't know what to do with this on stage. Ladies and gentlemen, I commend Vivek for his bold speak out. He's right. I wouldn't have Elon Musk and the people he said in charge of the debate. But his point is well taken. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, Christina Tobin, she's founder and chair of the Free and Equal Elections Foundation. Uh, she's in a 
independent status for political parties, so she doesn't have an axe to grind anywhere except for the truth. Freeandequal.org to learn more about what they're doing. It's incredible. Christina, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live. It's been forever. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for all that you guys do putting the truth out there, you gentlemen. All right. You guys rolled out this incredible thing saying, hey, you know, you know what? We're going <laughs> to – it's already been in the works, so you're not going to take up Vivek Ramaswamy on this, except for he points to something that we've already been working on. I say we because you and we the people have already been working on this. Your leadership has already put something in place, right? Uh, yes. I founded Free and Equal Elections. Uh, 15 years ago, and we've been hosting presidential debates for 15 years. So I, I, I agree with Vivek. We need and we will have open, independent presidential debates. I, I, I would find it surprising if they invite him back to the debate again for the RNC. And we are uh, launching or having a presidential debate this winter. Uh, though we don't have Rogan yet, uh, Elon or anybody Vivek mentioned, we have confirmed Jimmy Dore as one of our co-moderators, that is, for Free Nichols presidential debates this winter. Now, let's talk about Jimmy Dore a little bit, because people need to understand, we don't need, say, Elon Musk or some of these people. Jimmy will do just fine. Give people kind of a little uh, brief on and who the moderator would be. Oh, sure. Well, I uh, have moderated in 2012. Larry King moderated Free Nichols presidential debate. I co-moderated with him, with him, that is, in 2016. I co-moderated with Mr. Ed Asner, and then in 2020, during a lockdown year, I moderated three live presidential debates. So I'm honored to be co-moderating this presidential debate with Jimmy Dore. He's a hard-hitting, you know, comedian, hard-hitting questions. Nobody, he's not beholden to any money. He really holds all candidates. It doesn't matter whether it's Jill Stein, Cornell West, Robert F. Kennedy, to the truth. He holds them to their word. He asks hard-hitting questions. This is what the people want. And all these candidates have asked for a debate and many more, Trump and so on. And this is not our first rodeo. We've been doing this for 15 years, and I'm excited. We've landed a venue, a 360 immersive XR Studios in Los Angeles. Uh, it's just the best venue I could have ever imagined. Uh, we're locking in the date right now for Los Angeles. It looks like February. And the exciting part on top of that is it's going to be the people who are going to vote in the top six candidates. So we have a blockchain voting app we're building that's going to launch in January. I'd love to speak more about as well. We'll do it. Um, So think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Rather than their bureaucrats putting together their ways to lock everybody out of the debates, why is RFKJR not in the debates, for example? He's polling at like 25%. He blows away everybody but Trump, including Haley and Ramaswamy, for that matter. Okay, but he's not in the debates because he's not a, quote, Republican. He tried to be on the Democratic ticket, and they literally committed vote fraud and wouldn't let him get any, gain any ground. So he went independent, and look what's happened. This proves the point. They're committing election fraud at every turn, Kristen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, a lot of electoral flaws. Uh, ballot access is an independent. It takes over 938,000 signatures to get on the ballot as an independent. I would know that because in 2008, I got Ralph Nader, independent, on the ballot. I served as his national ballot access coordinator, got him on the ballot in 45 states plus D.C. So there is interest in the Kennedy campaign hiring me to get him on the ballot. It would be an honor uh, to be a part of a drive uh, of that caliber, uh, as well as I would do ballot drives for many different independent candidates and individuals across the spectrum, as I have in my 25 years in ballot access, having gathered and coordinated millions of signatures. So uh, there's other flaws from gerrymandering to 
We have the worst voting method you can imagine, of course, singular vote. Why do we have that? Because it feeds into the fear, you know, the uh, vote for the lesser of two evils will really shame on the Democratic and Republican people in office, candidates in office that implement the worst types of voting reforms, not even, it's just not even reform. To have singular vote is the worst type of voting method we could possibly have. And that blockchain uh, voting app that we're implementing in target debates will incorporate ranked choice voting. I'm a supporter of all different alternative voting methods across the board, ranked choice voting, approval voting, score voting, star voting, anything but what we have. And there's other flaws as well. We can go to the electoral college and really break into the closed presidential debates, the corrupt mainstream media controlled by, what, six, seven entities now, and Hollywood, music industry. We have a lot of uh, transparency on the horizon, and it's, it's going to take a truly an independent movement bigger than any one person, bigger than Kennedy, bigger than the 150 candidates combined running for president, and that's where free and equal elections where we're at the forefront of sparking in this coming year and decades to come. Sheriff Mack? Now, Christina, did you just say how many candidates are running for president? She told you right. Yeah, Say it again. Over, 100, over 150. It might be 200 now, but over 150 candidates. <laughs> yeah, you might, you might even be running sheriff without knowing it, just so you know. People can, like, vote but without knowing it. They can <laughs> donate to campaigns without knowing it. You might even be running without knowing it, sir. Well, I was going to announce that, <laughs> no, I am not running. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's... Go ahead, Christine. No, it's admirable. These people care about our country. There's so many people beyond the two parties, and I agree. It's it's myth of voter choice and a two-party tyranny. Um, I see beyond party lines. I'm an independent. I've never been a believer in political parties. Well, since 2010, I broke away from uh, third parties. I see whether you're running libertarian, green, constitution, Democrat, Republican, and so on. Uh, I see them all as individuals. And on the blockchain ledger, uh, that's going to transform elections and bring about political transparency. We're going to be able to see which candidates are real, which ones aren't, which ones are running for the people, we the people, or beholden to corporate interests, special interests, which is pretty much most Democrats and Republicans in Congress right now and, and on all, all levels across the United States of office. Sheriff? Well, it's... An amazing job that she's done over the years. In fact, she's had me at some of the debates uh, a time or two, uh, and I've been around the country with uh, Christina, uh, and she's really been dedicated to this. And uh, really, quite go honestly, skip the break. She's Continue, ahead of the Sheriff. curve. Yeah, go ahead. She, 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 no, no, we're not going. We're not breaking. Nope, I skipped it for you. Oh, you skipped it. Okay, cool, cool. But she's uh, Christina was ahead of the curve on this, and that is amen. Uh, it's trying to make sure that our elections are clean and and integrous. Uh, you know, this isn't anything really. It's not anything really new. Uh, it's just come to the forefront because uh, a, a few candidates have said, "Well, uh, there were some irregularities." Oh, you're an election denier. Wow, well, you crazy. You know, how dare you question any election in this country? And uh, I don't know. Christina, did you ever hear about the two moms in Utah that were just trying to find out what happened with the election? Not offhand. Yeah. Sam and I know him very well, and we've had him on before. Uh, and it just, just 
absolutely amazing that it, they, the state of Utah or these counties that they were asking in like three counties, we want to just verify the vote, verify the numbers, and they called the FBI on them. They sick the FBI on these two mothers in uh, Utah just for asking questions about the election results. That's it. And and so, you know, me in law enforcement, I, I've always maintained if somebody acts like they have something to hide, it's usually because they do. And and so here the, the state of Utah didn't want to even give the numbers to a couple of Utah citizens and and uh, instead uh, sent the FBI after them to harass them and, and uh, interrogate them and so forth. Uh, but are, are you finding more and more problems like this, or has this always been the same? Has it always been bad? Well, I was looking it up. It looks like Jen Orton and Sophie Anderson out in Utah. So thanks for bringing yeah. that to my attention. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah, electoral. they do a phenomenal job. Yeah, electoral uh, flaws, fraud is, is definitely the case. I've, I've hosted, or that is Free and Equal Elections, my nonprofit hosted electoral reform symposium for decades. So we've had from comptrollers to members of Secretary of State to legal women voters, the people who actually handle the voter machines have told me they see votes just disappear. They don't trust the machines. These are neutral people in office, the D's, R's, whatever it may be. It does not matter. That actually you know, care about the fact that these voting machines are flawed. So when you look at the money, you follow the money, the people, Dominion, and so on. Um, it goes to Soros, which goes to the powers that be, and it cannot be trusted. So fortunately, these things can be changed, uh, but we need to and will elect the people in office. Uh, that are not beholden to big money, Democrats and Republicans alike. I see a, a lot of candidates, uh, independent, these are third parties, especially independent candidates running in the years and decades to come. And all we need to do is first replace a couple hundred, you know, majority of Congress, you know, in 2026, Amen which is to something that, that we're, we're gearing up to do. This presidential debate this winter, it's a kickoff for a series of presidential debates we're going to be holding throughout 2024. Now, one of the interesting things, one of the interesting things about your debates, too, though, is you don't have all kinds of bogus things like, I promise that I will support the uh, good old boy network graduated at your turn candidate, regardless if I know there's election fraud or not. And you guys don't have all those weird kind of promises to be part of the debate, right? I mean, if we, uh, Jimmy Dore would have nothing to do with our debate if we did. So, I mean, he is accountable, hard-hitting questions, and uh, we're open to bring in another moderator. We put a call out. Uh, we interviewed on Russell Brand the other day, Jimmy Dore and I, uh, asking Joe Rogan to join us as a third co-moderator. So Rumble is confirmed to broadcast the debate. And for your listeners, you can go to free and equal, freeandequal.org, our website, and you can register today to get details for the voting app that's kicking off in January to vote for the candidate of your choice. Uh, through ranked choice voting, you can also submit a question that we'll consider uh, for asking during our presidential debate series. Christina, I want to be a moderator again. Well, get me involved for, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had me do one before. Well, presidential I think, debate. I think it was in Las I'm Vegas. Not, 
Yeah, I would say uh, on a panel discussion, uh, I did a constitutional course class with you and Michael Badnarik, uh, the late and great Badnarik. I learned a lot about the Constitution from both of you. And uh, so, but as far as our presidential debates, we're, we're definitely, we've got a, a tier of uh, moderators on the roster, but I do recall yeah, we, uh, that you We understand, but, to, but to also add to this, though, you do a bunch of debates, not just the presidential debates. Let's be very clear, and there's a lot of opportunity uh, as time goes on as you do more and more and more debates, right? Yeah, I think the moderator role is going to open up as we break out into series, and then the op will enable us to do debates on local, statewide levels. So we have done congressional, Senate debates. And I can see a lot of opportunities for moderators as we build yeah, out. Let me tell you the debate that uh, needs to happen in Utah. Mitt Romney is going away. We need a debate to find out who can replace this clown carpetbagger uh, from supposedly Massachusetts or wherever he came from. Uh, this guy is a disaster for Utah. And we really need a debate because he's being replaced coming up. That's a Senate debate uh, for the ages. Well, definitely on our way there, um, you know, as we build out the presidential debate series uh, throughout 2024, we're going to roll right into 2025 into the United We Stand Tour. And Richard Mack, Sheriff Mack here is familiar with United We Stand Tour because I, I do plan to reach out and implement a lot of constitutional sheriffs throughout that tour and take you up on that offer, uh, Richard. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, definitely there's been discussions of breaking out a lot of, uh, of those debates through the blockchain app. Uh, that we're going to be kicking off this January. All right. How did you pick six candidates and why the number six? I'm just curious. Well, uh, for a two hour debate, that's typically the time frame you want to keep a debate at with, with, five, with six candidates. And that allows five questions. So I really wanted to get at least five questions. We use the cumulative format, which is the use, which was created by the League of Women Voters in the uh, early 60s, who originally created the presidential debates, but it was stolen from them by the Commission on Presidential Debates in the late 70s, uh, which the League of Women Voters stated. So what we've, what we've done is we've, we've taken all the incredible um, historical value of debates. We've got rid of all the clown show stuff they've put in place to promote certain candidates above others. And we've simply put together almost a Robert's Rules reality of debates in a sense to say, hey, here's what works, here's what doesn't, here's why, here's what gives people a fair stab at it, here's how the American people can be involved in it, here's uh, the honest moderators that are going to that are going to be uh, you know fair and open and honest, and, and let's have a real debate for a change, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and versus the Commission on Presidential Debates, I was saying the League of Women Voters of State has perpetuated fraud on the American voters. So with six candidates, it allows five questions. I wanted to have at least five questions. And that's why I limited it to six candidates, because um, that's the reason I wanted to allow for at least five questions in a two hour uh, debate for our candidates. People cannot vote yet for the candidates they want. That's coming up in January. Is that right? Yes, in January, but you can sign up to register for our app at freeandequal.org. And we are raising funds. We're about halfway to our goal of 30000 Thanks to the interviews and Jimmy Dore and Russell Brand, we're almost at 15000 And that 30000 if people want to donate, will go towards production costs and venue. And furthermore, this is truly a movement, a people's movement built from the ground up. And we have turned down, I've turned down so much big money left and right that came with strings attached because this movement, this debate, this platform is not for sale. So I hope that Amen you to that. support us. Thank By you. the way, are you going to tell us who you would, you would want to be in the debate? We can throw out a few names for fun. 
Now, as a moderator, you can throw out some names. I, I wish we could open it up to all 150 candidates. I want to hear from all of them. Unfortunately, that's just not the reality. But we are opening up our blockchain app where every single person uh, that's running for president will have a chance to be voted as the top six into our live debate this winter. Well, who so are your you're candidates? Not gonna, hold on. So let's be clear. You're not going to eliminate who you can choose. You can choose anyone who's running. Is that right? You can choose any one of the 150. We might have like half Republicans or all Libertarians or a couple of yeah, the Democrats. Sheriff, what do you think of that, though? We, the people, want. get a vote on all the different options. They're not going to literally shut someone down before you even get a chance to be involved. How do you like that? Well, that's a unique situation. Uh, yeah, that's a very unique perspective. And uh, I think uh, I think every one of them deserves a chance to be heard. All right, there you Good have job. it. Who would you pick for your candidate, Sheriff Mack? Uh, for president? Yeah. Um, Christina, as a moderator, is trying to hold that. She wants to be as neutral as she can be, and I get it. I respect that. Well, at obviously, the same time, who would you throw out? I, I'm not obviously. I'm not familiar with everybody that's running. I, I would have not uh, guessed that, but I would say right now that I would be leaning towards the Constitution Party and the Libertarian Party uh, candidates. There you go. Uh, Constitution Party, uh, Libertarian Party, uh, Independent, I think is very fascinating, too, because RFK, JR, I would like to hear from him. I think the guy's brilliant. I think the guy brings some very unique details to the table. I don't agree with him on everything, but I agree with him on enough to say this guy has been proven that he, you can work with him. He's, he's had a view on something, and he's literally come to the table and said, you know what? I was wrong on the border. I went down and checked that sucker out, and man, I'm telling you, uh, we've got to deal with this thing. It wasn't as I thought. I like a person that's humble enough to openly just, you know what? I wasn't right on this. I, I can learn and grow. And uh, so I'd like to see him on the stage. I'd like to see Vivek Ramaswamy on the stage. I'll tell you who else I'd like to see on the stage. And I know some of these people aren't running. So, uh, you know, I guess the question becomes, can they get late in the game or whatever? I would like to see, believe it or not, Judge Roy Moore. Uh, now, I know he's not running, but that might change, right? What about people that aren't running that we might want to draft into running? Could this kick off a campaign for latecomers? Uh, ballot access uh, deadlines are really, uh, there's a couple of states, Arkansas and others, if you want to run as a Democrat for president at this point, you can't even, uh, uh, there's been deadlines that are already passing in several states. So, um, yeah, you can run, but you won't get the ballot access in all the states uh, for the primary. As an independent uh, for president, much larger ballot drive. For the Democrats, Republicans for president, it's only 25 to 50,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Uh, but it's still costly because signatures. See, that, that alone, world. Christina, uh, sorry to stop you, that alone to me smacks of fraud. What do you mean I only have to have 25 to 50,000 if I go as a quote, um, you know, elephant or whatever? Or if I, um, you know, want to be independent, I got to have 10 times more. This alone is problematic, right? Uh, well, more than 10 times alone. It's 938,000 signatures to run as an independent, and you have got to do it. So 50 times in more Utah. for all intents and purposes. Yeah, and January 6th is the first deadline in Utah. And you will, if you're running as an independent, that, that's your first deadline. Otherwise, you're not going to get all 50 ballot, 51 ballot lines. 51? What does that mean? Well, 50 states plus D.C. Because of Puerto oh, Rico, those guys get a vote too. I think those guys ought to. Mm -hmm. I think those guys ought to only be able to vote for their own deal and not vote at all. I'm just teasing. I'm making a point about DC <laughs> trying to become a state.
Of course they should vote, but D.C. should not become a state. I'm just teasing to p- make sure people are listening. Uh, All right, uh, uh, Christina, I feel like can D.C. You stay- is its own world. <laughs> can you stay with me for a little longer? Sure, sure, I would love to. All right, stay there. Sheriff Richard Mack, Christina Tobin, and yours truly continue on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. Donald Trump Jr. testified once more in the civil fraud trial involving the Trump Organization in New York. Speaking on behalf of the defense, he attributed charges against his father to an overzealous attorney general. It doesn't feel like, you know, we're playing by the rules, we're playing by a one-sided system of justice. The Trump family accused of exaggerating their wealth to secure more favorable loan agreements. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries is indicating that Democrats may be open to backing the Republicans' temporary funding bill as a measure to avert a government shutdown scheduled for this Friday. Over the weekend, House Speaker Mike Johnson presented a controversial short-term plan aimed at extending government funding until February. In a letter sent yesterday to all House Democrats, Jeffries conveyed that they are actively reviewing the proposal put forth by by Republican leadership and engaging in discussions with fellow members. The House scheduled to consider Johnson's bill later this week. President Biden scheduled for an in-person meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco tomorrow. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters yesterday that the two leaders will address some of the most fundamental elements in the relationship between Washington and Beijing. We're looking forward to a productive meeting. President Biden has a long history with President Xi. Their conversations are direct. They're straightforward. The restoration and reopening for the I-10 in downtown Los Angeles, which was damaged by a weekend fire, has not been officially determined. Los Angeles authorities are recommending commuters reconsider using public transit, explore alternative routes, or work from home until the affected section of the I-10 becomes operational again. This is USA News. I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Get the Tea. Get the Tea carries all-natural, non-GMO organic teas and supplements made in the USA. Get the Tea's ingredients are the purest available. My favorite is Life Change Tea. Life Change Tea is a gentle daily cleanse containing 12 herbs that, when combined, really keep things moving. I drink it every day, and my energy has never been better. I'm feeling great. Life Change Tea comes in three delicious flavors, natural, peppermint, and pomegranate. It's an easy and delicious way to keep your digestion on track. And for those on the go, try D365. D365 is Life Change Tea in a capsule. Drink the tea or take D365 capsules and keep your digestion running smoothly. Go to GetTheTea.com and enter discount code USA to get 10% off any size order. That's GetTheTea.com, discount code USA for 10% off your order. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Christina Tobin with us, founder and chair 
of free and equal that's a and d free and equal dot org doing a phenomenal job they're putting together their own debates happening in february if you go to free and equal dot org you can go ahead and sign up and register i just did that myself by the way uh, and you can then submit your top six candidates for who you want to be in the debates there's 150 candidates running now some of the people i said aren't running but i'd like to see vivek ramaswamy rfkjr uh, a few of those people uh, debate you're going to have Christina Tobin uh, as one of the moderators. You're also going to have Jimmy Dore as one of the moderators for this incredible. You can also submit a question, and they're going to basically consolidate and put together five questions. This is going to be incredible. There's two things, Christina, that I wanted to keep you over the break to respond to from your website, which I think is just tremendous. First one says this, support free and equal to push corporate funding out of our politics amen to that you want to respond to that one? Oh, i'm glad you saw that it is just money is i mean i've learned from g edward griffin the expert on the monetary reserve my father worked for the federal reserve for nine years and quit one year shy of a lifelong pension and uh worked nationwide to fight against tax increases for 45 years and so with g edward griffin and ending the fed and it creating you know created by banksters and all Money is just the root of all evil. Yes, it's a tool, but what it has done to control our politics and debates and dialogue and conversation, you know, you can go into the Rockefeller and Rothschild, you can go to Vanguard and BlackRock if you want to dive as deeper, deeper in different realms and the housing. Just shame on the system for creating this needless chaos to fill their, their pockets, you know, of Amen to that. lifestyles of the expense of beyond the middle class people, the people in Palestine, the people in Israel, the people in Russia, the people in Ukraine. Like, we are going to stand united. There are more of us than there are of them, and money is not controlling this debate. It is not. There are no strings attached. I have done it over and over again, turned down in the millions of dollars and so on, because this is a debate for the people, and Jimmy Dore, Russell Brand, you and Richard Mack, your platforms uh, are really the ones that are building this debate to bring it to the masses on all levels, so uh, thank you for reading reading that. I'm very passionate about that topic and uh, really excited to bring a debate that the people uh, want questions to be asked about war and and the prison system, and uh, should we decriminalize drugs? And I mean, Amen you know, to all those environmental. Questions. I, mean, I so have one question I want you to write down and see if it makes it into the debate. Are you ready? Should we pardon Assange? What is it? Uh, nope, it's one question. It's kind of an open-ended question, but it's this. If you could shut down any unconstitutional government agency, which one would it be and why? That's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, yeah, because so if we get all six candidates shutting down different agencies, we might get somewhere, huh? <laughs> yeah, the hardest one is choosing one. I, I think that's the hardest part of the question. So, um, But thanks. I hope you submitted the question online. We do plan to have, uh, we, we're gearing up to do a poll for the people to decide at least two of the five questions. And I want to leave the other three questions to the moderators because, you know, they have a stake in it as well, Jimmy Dore and hopefully Joe Rogan, whoever else the third co-moderator is. But um, I really love that question. Thank you so much. Yeah, the other que- the other question that I would say is this: um, How would you end the Federal Reserve? Because look, every problem that we've got in America, you can point back to dishonest money at the core. So, how would you end the Federal Reserve? And that puts them on record to end it and tell you how they would do it, or they have to say they wouldn't, right? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the monetary system in 1913 created, signed in Woodrow Wilson, and that created the income tax, funding the war. Shame on the banksters. It's not federal. It's independent. Shame on all the banksters and what they did. And why I also support alternative currency. I mean, the Federal Reserve money is made out of thin air, fractional reserves. So let's have Bitcoin. Let's have all different types of uh, monetary. Let's have competition. It is very healthy. So uh, I'm all for that. And ending the Fed uh, is definitely, Dr. Ron Paul said it right, is, is definitely seems to be at the best interest of the people. But uh, let the candidates decide. I think most that are going to gravitate towards our debate are going to be down with ending the Fed. All right. There you have it. Uh, Sheriff Mack, a final question from you. And then I got one last point I want to bring up uh, about Kristen and the incredible work she's doing. Sheriff? Well, Christina, it's uh, it's been an amazing what last. I don't know how long I've known you, close to the fifteen Probably years 15 you've been years. doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we said so, it right. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. Uh, but uh, and you're right. Uh, Michael Badnerik was an amazing constitutional yeah. instructor, uh, and um, most people need that education. And I would say that was. Uh, is something that should be required of every candidate running for office. They should have to take a constitutional test. But <clears throat> regardless, um, I appreciate the work that you've been doing. Uh, I, I, I am serious about being a part of any uh, uh, a moderator or being part of any of these that you've done. I've been to several in the past. Uh, and uh, although it's been quite a while, as I alluded to when you first got on the show today, so uh, thanks for the work you're doing, and uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, your dedication to this holy cause of liberty. Uh, oh, and by the way, mine would be easy. It would be the IRS, and you alluded to that. Ah, there too. you go. The IRS has got to go. It's such an illegal uh, bully. It's all based on bullying and, and, and intimidation. It's a target-rich uh, environment, that, that's for sure, Sheriff, and that's why the questioning is so interesting to see. I want to know, and you'd get rid of it, and why would you get rid of it? Uh, and, you know, Sheriff Mack would say, because the IRS is the only one that's just so literally abusive, armed to the teeth, just kicking in doors and going crazy against the American people, fl clearly unconstitutional criminal activity, to say the least. One of the things about Michael Badnerik, just to kind of um, end this, the late Michael Badnerik, if he were running for president and he were in the debate, his slogan, Kristen, uh, would be um, – don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. That's my candidacy pledge. Uh, I'll just make sure nobody hurts you and takes your stuff, right? That's yeah, what I he used to say lot. all the I've, time. I've learned, I've learned so much from Michael and from you, Sheriff Matt, that I feel, and, and I, I just know in my heart when we get the right people elected, what you gentlemen taught me is to get back to the origin of the Constitution. We arguably need to cut that government 70, 80, or whatnot percent. And uh, as we get the right people in office, I do see blockchain ledger shifting the power from the federal, state to local level where people can self-govern themselves. And I do see these 150 people running for office. I'm going to be asking all of them to run for Congress in 2026. And Sheriff Mack, I want to humbly invite you and your wife to be uh, at the debate. We have 150 seats only uh, for the live debate this winter. I would love for you and your wife to be in the audience and uh, explore the opportunity of working down the road and moderator and our political correspondents. We're going to have a lot of slots to fill and activate when we need those constitutional sheriffs uh, through the United We Stand Tour. Because your practice of being able to, to practice peace 
and conversation, Sheriff Mack, and your case in the early 90s against Hillary Clinton, I feel made a huge change during a lockdown year with the sheriff who came to my shop here in little town of Cambria, California, where I had a sign saying mask are optional, came in and were supportive of that. And to, to not have them controlled by the federal government, I believe because of your case in 91, I'm just going by memory now, uh, had a, such a pivotal po positive change uh, in this lockdown, not being nearly as negative, of course it was in many ways, as what it could have been because of your case. So thank you, Sheriff Mack, for making such a positive change and having all these sheriffs ready to unite for a true independent movement, be ready in 2025 and 2026 to ignite them. Richard. All right, Kristen, this is interesting, too. Uh, I appreciate all that you do. If you keep me in the loop, we'll make sure that you appear on our radio show that I do called Liberty Roundtable Live. But we also do, do a TV show on Bridie on TV called The Sheriff Mac Show. When we get you back, we'll put you on TV as well. Speaking of TV, ladies and gentlemen, did you know that there's free and equal TV? That's right. Tell us about it, Kristen. Oh, there, there is. It's Christina, by the way, but hey, people call me Christy, Kristen. Um, but uh, TV will be broadcasting the presidential debate. And of course, Rumble and other entities, Pacifica Radio, uh, we're reaching out to Elon Musk, Musk and Twitter. Might I add, Nexus.io, our blockchain app is coded by, sorry, blockchain app is coded by Nexus.io. Colin Cantrell, his dad, co-founded VP of SpaceX with Elon Musk. So we're in great hands with the blockchain app. But the freenequal.tv is going to uh, broadcast the presidential debate. And as we build off the series and the tour, um, that reality, uh, reality television is going to turn into real live uh, television on the ground as we tour whether it's through buses or possibly trains. like It's crazy, like in the music and United We Stand. And so there's more information on our detail about on our website about that uh, for the long-term vision. But, yeah, the, the, the debate will be broadcasted at freeandequal.tv. Uh, we'll have you back soon, Christina. Thank you so much for all that you oh. do. Keep <laughs> us in the loop, and we'll help all we can. Thank you, Sam and Richard. Have a beautiful rest of your day. God bless uh, you. All right, skip the break. We've got too much to cover, ladies and gentlemen. Just dump the break. I just got to do it. Now, listen, Sheriff Mack, I want to end on this topic. I'm switching gears a little bit, but I think it's absolutely related. The truth about January 6th. Believe it or not, Glenn Beck and the Blaze did a video piece on this. Uh, Liz, it's in the folder there. Um, and this is incredible. Because we've told you that they weren't telling you the truth about things and that they were lying to you at the government level. The FBI, the Justice Department, the Capitol Police, they were all lying. Ray Epps literally is in your face, whispering in people's ears and breaching the Capitol, and they're literally protecting Ray Epps. We don't know why. We don't know who he works for or how, but no one's really even investigating that at all, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so this is serious, serious business. Um, and... <clears throat> Let's see. I don't have the right clip in the folder for Liz is the problem. So she's saying, which clip, Sam? Because she doesn't see it because, you know what, I'm, I screwed up and didn't give it to her is the problem. Sheriff, but this is really interesting, though. Um, we're, we have more evidence about government officials lying. Uh, Sheriff Mack, let's have you respond to that, and then I'll get this clip ready. The, the, the politicians are lying? No, the government bureaucrats, the, the, the people that in, in the police force and everything are lying. Well, of course. I, I mean, they're bureaucrats, and uh, they they have their own agendas, and they have their own assignments. And uh, you, you can you can go right down every uh, 
law enforcement agency within the federal government, and you could make uh, obviously a case that every one of them uh, are uh, corrupt and that they are part of the election fraud. And look, look at everything the FBI did during uh, the election and the bogus uh, FISA warrants and uh, the, the the involvement that they uh, were making sure that Hunter Biden's uh, laptop and his subterfuge and his money laundering. Uh, and uh, Sam, how about his painting alone? His paintings were nationally advertised as money laundering. You could not know who was paying $500,000 for one of his amazing paintings, which <laughs> were suspect. Hey, that's no problem. You themselves. know, when you're above the law, Sheriff, yeah. what do you expect? Exactly. Well, exactly. But it was all related to uh, election fraud. The FBI withheld information politically uh, and criminally so that uh, Biden would win. And, Amen and to that. that uh, and, and so this this has just gone on and on and on in so many different avenues. Sam, these these has the this election fraud has so many different fingers, but it, most of the fingers lead back to Washington D.C. and the corruption there, and the You're corruption right about of that. Uh, so here's the deal: agencies. they never investigated election integrity issues like the law demands them to. Look, Congress has to look into this before they certify the elections. They literally use January 6th as a pretext to jettison their responsibility. Shame on Congress. This is the biggest evidence I have of fraud. Why would they not do what they were supposed to do just because some bad actors took place? Well, now we find the government is covering up and lying about those bad actors. Here's the details. Glenn Beck did this expose. Listen to it, and we'll talk about it. Did Pelosi security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial? Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes has been sentenced to 18 years in prison. The Oath Keepers are extremists who promote a wide range of conspiracy theories and sought to act as a private paramilitary force for Donald Trump. The one thing that the government was absolutely intent upon doing was not allowing anything that painted the Oath Keepers in a positive light. These are videos that were never released to the defense attorneys. U.S. Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus saying that the violence that the rioters brought to the Capitol never ended for many of us. The trauma had reached into our homes, our personal lives, and our loved ones. The story in the testimony from Special Agent, now this is Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus, when he heard the gunshot at 243, that he was down in the tunnels escorting senators to the other Senate uh, right. office buildings, and that's quite a, quite a long distance away from the House chamber. The Capitol Police officer assigned to the protective detail of then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on January 6th appears to have given false testimony about his whereabouts. We tracked him all the way through the tunnels. They uh, essentially created a script for him and put him in a place with a tale to tell 
that never happened. He was then shown in court a video clip of four Oath Keepers standing in front of Dunn. Lazarus was asked, are these the individuals you observed? Yes, yes. At any point in these three or four interactions in this space, did you observe any sort of anything but antagonistic conversation? No, that's correct. He said this under oath. In great detail, he describes what he saw. It just did not happen. It couldn't have happened because he was a half a mile away in another part of the building. Sheriff Mack, there you go. Literally, this guy perjured himself. They got it caught on video with timestamps to prove he flat out lied in court. Uh, my question to you is, when we have evidence about January the 6th, where Congress didn't do their job to investigate election integrity issues, where you now have an insurrection proven by these liars in government, uh, where you have the FBI, the Justice Department, the Capitol Police all in bed on this to attack the current at the time, now former president of the United States of America, Donald Trump, uh, and you have this situation, what do we do? You got Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, literally involved in a pay-to-play scheme. We have evidence of that. Jim Jordan says he has the hard evidence, the money trail, and everything else. So you have literally criminals with hard evidence. Now, I'm not against due process and transparency, but I am saying, at what point do you arrest Joe Biden? At what point do you arrest the person that shot Ashley Babbitt? In cold blood, she was unarmed, not a threat in any way, and he murdered her. Okay, and now you've got this Capitol Police guy that literally flat out lied and said he was somewhere that he wasn't and that he saw things that he didn't in court. Sheriff Mack, this is beyond the pale in terms of accountability here. They claim we bring these things up without evidence. What more evidence do you want, sir? Yeah, that's exactly what I would be asking, Sam. Uh, first of all, uh, arresting the president. Uh, so the so-called president, uh, Biden, uh, the occupant of the White House, he definitely is that. Uh, but I would say first and foremost that th- there needs to be a fair and impartial criminal investigation against him. And who on earth would you ask to conduct such an investigation? Because there's no one in the federal government that's trustworthy. And the Justice Department is pretty much owned by the main suspect, Joe Biden. And and so uh, if I were sheriff and needing uh, an independent investigation, I would ask for a neighboring county sheriff to do so, maybe one not that's not even neighboring, maybe one from the other side of the state to where there's no geographical or relationship uh, getting in the way. And, and so uh, I would I would definitely ask for an independent investigation, uh, and that means somebody from outside Washington, D.C. Now, now they do uh, uh, private investigations or or uh, what is it when they hire an attorney to look into uh, corruption in Washington, D.C.? Uh, Kenneth Starr was one for, uh, for uh, Clinton. Yeah, the- the prosecutor what, uh, is what they call it. Uh, what is the term it? that they use? Yeah, an inquiry. Um, yeah, independent investigation. Anyway, uh, is what it is. Uh, and so I don't know if Washington D.C. would be able to get outside Washington D.C. enough to conduct a, a criminal investigation. Uh, the only time they do that is against Trump. 
and and these are such bogus ridiculous charges against trump uh you know no one no they one call cares. It independent and counsel sheriff sorry independent independent counsel. counsel there you go yeah yeah and they're going to need that but i would say go outside of washington dc and find uh, an independent investigation and i would i would pick uh, a handful of sheriffs nationwide to work together and if current sheriffs can't do it because they're busy and they have jobs uh, i would do it with former sheriffs and, and yeah, but you so, know what they uh, can do it though you just look at joe arpaio's example you use your sheriff's posse you have investigators that are donating their time and getting paid a little bit of um, you know to cover the cost and the different things uh yeah. joe arpaio did an investigation of the birth certificate issue proved that it was a fraudulent birth yeah. certificate forget where yeah he, um, Obama he investigated was born, the president but he did yeah. that uh, with his staff primarily, and he then vetted and reviewed everything that his staff brought him. It can be done by these sheriffs, regardless if they have a lot of, um, you know, ability or time or availability or dollars. It can happen very easily. The proof is in the pudding. That's what the sheriff's posses are for. Now, the video started out and said, oh, my gosh, uh, Stuart Rhodes was going to be this paramilitary uh, private group for the president. That's There's no such thing, Sheriff. The president can call on the American people to stand to defend uh, the proper role of limited government and protecting the, the government anytime he wants to, can't he? Yeah, yeah, he can. Um, no, no question about that. But who, who though, would investigate the president? And, and especially well, Congress, in today's atmosphere. Congress is supposed corrupted. to investigate the president. The problem is you can't trust Congress. Because Congress no, is the one that de- was all, derelict in their duty for January the 6th, and Congress is the one that should be bringing accountability if there was Capitol Police problems uh, well, look in at the what, first Look place, at what right? Congress did do. Well, yeah, but look what Congress did do. They got about 10 enemies of the president to do a criminal hearing on Trump. On Trump. And what they did is, supposedly, we were against uh, all white male jurors uh, back at the turn of the century and in the 40s and 50s and 60s, and we got rid of that sort of thing. You can't have just all white male jurors going after, especially a black American uh, defendant. And it had to be fair that the the jury pool represent the population uh, of the of the county, but no. When they go after Trump, they literally pick every one of the president's main enemies, both Democrats and Republicans, not one person on his side, to uh, examine the so-called evidence against Donald Trump. And and so we had Liz Cheney and Adam Schiff and, you know, ridiculous people like this that are supposedly being fair. And, and that's another thing that Sarah Sidner brought up to me about CNN. Well, what do you think about the evidence against the president that's going on right now? And I said, what a joke. What a joke. I thought we got rid of uh, jurors that are handpicked to go against the the, the defendant. And, and I said, why would anybody feel comfortable with that and support? Why would anybody support that? And why would you support something like that? especially you, you're uh, a black American. Remember, we got rid of that sort of thing. That was one of the things that we fought for in civil rights, to get rid of that sort of thing. And now you do it towards Trump, and it's just fine. 
So this whole thing is uh, the biggest sham there ever was. Corruption in Washington, D.C. is so ubiquitous and so ingrained and such, such a cultural phenomenon in Washington, D.C., that they don't, they, they don't even recognize it as being a problem anymore. You can see that with Biden, the way he talked about uh, and the lies that he tells. And it's just, it's just part of the game. It's, it's part of what happens there. And that's why I don't hold anything out uh, for any hope out for Washington, D.C. All right. It just came out. Late breaking news. Speaker Mike Johnson just endorsed Donald Trump for president. He just did what? Endorsed Donald Trump for president. Oh, he did? Yep. Wow. As far as I understand. Very interesting wow, indeed, wow. ladies and gentlemen. This is shaping up to be crazy town. But I'd like to see Donald Trump, RFKJR, Vivek Ramaswamy. I'd like to see all those people in a debate for sure. And I wonder if Donald might agree to a debate with Christina Tobin and crew where they don't have all these bogus restrictions that play games uh, about you'll endorse the candidate regardless if there's election fraud. You'll do this, you'll do that. And Donald was like, no, nope, not doing that. It's bogus. But I wonder if he would participate in a fair, open, honest, transparent debate. Well, I think Vivek's uh, uh, assertion at the debate was very unique and powerful. As far as I'm concerned, he won hands down. No question. That was the best thing ever. Amen to that. Sheriff Mack, you and I will keep on the election issues. We're never letting that go, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of the most quintessential discussions we need to have that and the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, You know, the sheriffs can get involved in some meaningful, incredible, powerful ways, and that's what we at the CSPOA do. We want you to join the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. It's your funding that helps us do all of our work. Become a member today, CSPOA.org. Sheriff, thank you so much, sir. We'll have you back in chat soon as you gear up for the posse in a couple of hours. Thank you, Sam. See you soon. There he goes, Sheriff Mack doing a phenomenal job, ladies and gentlemen. I am reporting for, what, Christina Tobin, Sheriff David A. Clark Jr., the good Sheriff Richard Mack, and yours truly on your radio and TV. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.